See you this morning. I appreciate your presence. Uh, Stafunke, good to see you. Pastor Umboso. Pastor Umboso, can you please uh, come forward this morning? Hallelujah. Uh, good to see you this, this morning. Uh, uh, Sister, very good to see you this morning. Pastor Israel, good to see you here this morning. Uh, Ropila, good to see you. Reverend Jonathan, good to see you here this morning. Uh, Pastor Daladip, are you please join us here this morning? Uh, my brother at the back, Bratilio Philos, right? Am I correct? Good to see you here this morning. Uh, Rebrella, good to see you here this morning. Ah, uh, brother. Ah, Reverend. <laughs> Sorry. Now we call him brother. So, Reverend uh, Tom Oregbe, good to see you here this morning. Ah, uh, Reverend Amuzie. <laughs> good to see you. Reverend Father is in the house. <laughs> good to see you here this morning. I appreciate everyone. Uh, this morning for. Uh, I go tell you, sir. Brother Kennedy, good to see you. Um, Pastor Paul Donald, good to see you this morning. I was I trusting the Lord. Somebody else needs to feel, needs to feel this uh, front seat. Somebody needs to feel this front seat. I need a female. I want. I don't want to use a. I, I used a, two weeks ago. The big came out. Because if you are, they are insisting that you come out. They are insisting that you come out. So let's. We 
by girl. One one by girl. He's a. Ah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Please look at it from there. Let's, let's fellowship. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Please, let's move for, further. Please, those are the back. So that we can know those who came late. I beg us. Huh? Hallelujah. Uh, good to see all our faces again. We're trusting the Lord this morning again to help us uh, to rightly divide the words of truth and um, equally uh, be able to understand the mind of the Spirit as God would demand, what God is demanding from us in this season. So and I trust the Lord that um, we begin to talk some weeks back and uh, we've been building up on that particular thought. We began uh, looking at, um, I think the last two weeks, we looked at what Babylon actually is, right? When we talk about Babylon, what is Babylon? So until, up to the last week, we were able to still look at what Babylon is all about. What does Babylon, Elusa, that you're, you're having two, two sections, please, sir. So we're looking at what Babylon is, and um, there are so many uh, uh, understanding to what Babylon is. As so, I feel that by the message of God, uh, listening to one another, we have been able to see what Babylon is. Right? Are we together as men of God? So I want to say that we are the same, on the same page. That we're going to look at from listening to various uh, so every one of us who has spoken. Uh, we have been able to see by the Spirit what uh, Babylon is. What do we call Babylon? When you say Babylon, what does it mean? So we are able to capture that in John chapter, first John chapter 2, sorry, chapter 1, first John chapter 2 from verse 15, right? That Babylon is all about the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. So, and what is lust of the flesh? What is lust of the eye? What is pride of life? We were able to uh, explain or give understanding to all what the lust of the flesh is, the lust of it, because what sustains Babylon, what keeps Babylon, what causes Babylon to prosper, are all of these um, uh, program of deceptions of Satan that causes Babylon to prosper. So we are we're able to use at least two good weeks to be able to look at what Babylon is, right? So and we're able to discuss that virtually everything we are doing there are symptoms, there are signs of Babylon. Even the prayers we pray, the things, the way we study scriptures, right? The way we interpret scriptures, they all, um, uh, <laughs> as a result of how we have been, uh, our soul, you know, before it, it came out from darkness into light, right? Uh, how our soul has been raised. So when we are, when you look at scriptures, you look at it from, not from the, uh, 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 not trusting the Lord that the high Lord will give us the spirit of wisdom for revelation. In the knowledge of God, we use our logical, our logical uh, reasoning, you understand, to bring forth God's counsel. And as a result, if we keep doing that, that's why one of the emphases I emphasize throughout the meeting is that 
uh, I will know what Babylon is until the eyes of my understanding is enlightened. If my eyes is not open, if they tell me that this thing is Babylon, I will not believe because it looks spiritual, it looks sanctimonious, it looks good, right? Even that tree is knowledge of good and what? Evil. You're not seeing the evil. What you're seeing there is good, right? But there's a way that seems right to a man, right? But the end of it is what? Destruction. So it's, it takes the eyes of understanding. It takes the seven spirit, giving us understanding to see what Babylon actually is. If a man doesn't know what Babylon is, there is no way the man will judge Babylon. There's no way Babylon will fall. So it's the eyes of understanding, meaning lighting, that will actually bring the end or the reign of Babylon upon creation, upon man. And you understand? So we were able to look at all that. Then we begin to ask another germane question, important questions. And the question we began to ask ourselves as from last week, which we are trusting the Lord again to push further uh, in that direction. I am trusting the Lord this morning that we have uh, great men in the house, great women of God in the house, who will help us to push the th- this thought further and further again. Now, we began to look at uh, uh, if Scripture says in the Jeremiah chapter 50, 51, we read verse 6, uh, Revelation chapter 18, verses 1 to 3 or 4, right? Then I, the Scripture we read last week was 2 Corinthians chapter, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, from verse 14, right? Uh, all of these are saying, Come out of her, my people. I, I would like to let us to read, I want us to read that scripture again to be able to uh, see where we are going this morning and see the question we did ask last week. Apostle, I want you to be awake. Because you, 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 you are around. <laughs> want to drink the water. Eh? So we are, we are awake. We know Pastor Danla, Pastor Danla didn't say anything last week. I know that this week he will talk. Hallelujah. Praise God. So, uh, can you please shoot Jeremiah chapter 51, verse 6? Jeremiah 51, verse 6. Flee out of the midst of Babylon and deliver every man his soul. Be not cut off in iniquity, for this is the time of the Lord's vengeance. It will render unto her. Babylon has been a golden cup in the lost hands that make all the head drunken. The nations have drunken of our wine. Therefore, the nations are mad. Amen. Revelation chapter 18. Revelation chapter 18. From verse 1. Revelation 18 from verse 1. And after these things, I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power, and the earth was lightened with his glory. And he cried mightily, 
with a strong voice saying, Babylon the great is falling, is falling. And it's become the habitation of devils and the host of every foul spirit and a cage of every unclean and hateful birds. For all nations have drunken of the wine of the wrath of our fornication. And the kings of the earth have, shoot up, committed fornication with her. And the mansions of the earth are was rich through the abundance of her delicacies. You see the, the reason for uh, wrong interpretation of scriptures? Why we don't rightly divide the walls of truth? It's as a result of this woman called the mystery of Babylon, the mother of uh, Halot, the abomination of the earth. So, and I had a voice, and I had another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people. That ye be not partaker of our sins. That ye receive not of our plague. For our sins have reached unto heaven, and God has remembered our iniquity. Second Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. Just follow me. Second Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. Look at what Paul put it. We see how Jeremiah put it. We see how John the John the beloved put it. Let's see how Paul put it equally. That's clear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship at righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion at light with darkness? And what concord at Christ with Belia? Or what part at he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement are the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God, as God has said. I will dwell in them. I will walk in them. And I will be... Please shoot up. I will be their God. And they shall be my people. Please, at this point, are we not born again? I'm not, because this letter is not written to. I want to, I want to just, I just want to bring a thought. Just a thought. Uh, I'm not saying it's, it's an established story. I just want to bring a thought. Yeah. At this point, the people that they are writing this letter to, are they not born again? Yeah. So why is God saying, uh, why is God, no, we're not why is God saying, why, why is God saying, uh, I will be their God? They shall be my people. Why is God saying that? It's a for thought. Let's just ponder over it. Amen. Wherefore, verse 17, wherefore come out of among them and be separate, share the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Verse 18, I say, and I will be a father unto you, and it shall be my sons and daughters. Share the Lord Almighty. My verse is verse 17. Right? Wherefore, come out from where? From among them. And be what? And be ye separate. Say the Lord, touch not the unclean thing, and I will do what? 
I will receive you. So we see from the prophets, the epistles, right? Revelation and Corinthians. We see how that God is saying to his people to come out from, from her, come out from the system, come out from Babylon. Now, the question we ask, how do we come out, right? Is that what you said last week? How do you come out of Babylon? If you are said, if, if we are told to come out of Babylon, what is the writers? What are they trying to communicate? Because in the spirit, the Bible says no scriptures is of private words, interpretation, right? So if the writers of this scripture, what is the Holy Spirit puts in their mind and putting down this understanding when it says we should come out from her, should come out from among them? What does it mean to come out from her? How do we come out of her? If you are asked to come out of Babylon, do we, do, we, do we understand what I'm saying? Please ask. Are we getting what I'm saying? So if he says, come out from her, right? You are people of God who have been translated from what? From darkness to light. That we might show forth his what? His praise, Right? Now, something is making us want to show, show forth his praise. And that, what is not making us show forth the praise of God is this thing he asks us to come out from, right? Which is called Babylon, right? Now, how do we come out of her? How do we come out of Babylon? And what does it mean? First of all, what does it mean to come out? Right, what come out? What are they saying? What is the scripture saying? Come out of her. What, is it, what does it mean? Then, as we begin to look at that, we begin to look at, you can't come out of Babylon. I'm not giving the answer. I'm not saying, as the, as the scripture is going, there are two things. There's a thing, you, something you brought up last week. Right? That uh, the way to come out of her is that we need to uh, uh, begin to express the love for God, right? Am I, am I communicating? Is that, what, is that what I was said last week? So, my love for God, right, is what... And I said something. And I said something. And I said, we can't arrive at love without understanding what faith is. To arrive at love, because we want to come out of wealth. Babylon, Right? So we need to understand what our faith walk in Christ is. Because it is the faith walk that will take us to where? To love. So if I don't understand faith, I can't arrive at love. Please ask. I am asked. Do you understand? What are trying to communicate? Pastor Moses? Uh, Pastor Donald? Are you here? Hello, sirs. Are we understanding? So, I just want us to trust the spirit this morning. I do not want to... I'll give you my, the direction. So, in course of the meeting, in course of the discussion, come with my own thought, I'll be bringing it little by little. But, uh, this is where we are going this morning. I want to trust the Lord that, uh, first and foremost, we want to know 
What does it, what, what, what does it mean to, to come out? When you say come out, you say come out from our come, come out and be separate. What does it mean to come out? That's first. Secondly, how do we come out? So how do we come out? Is why I now mentioned those two, those two um, uh, foundations, right? Although there are three foundations, faith, hope, and love, right? So when you want to talk about uh, the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ without knowing the hope of our Lord Jesus Christ, right? So because uh, faith, hope, and are the three foundations to be able to do what? To judge the mystery called what? Called Babylon, right? So to achieve that, we need to trust the Spirit this morning. Father, we ask for the Spirit of wisdom for revelation in the knowledge of you. That as of understanding is enlightening, that we we'll see your heart, your thoughts, in looking at these scriptures, so that we can be able to know how to come out of our and bring the system down. Thank you, Father. Glory be to your holy name. The mighty name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. So who is starting up? There's Michael too there, Zach. If you can start it. No, just just uh, go ahead, man. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Okay, I'm saying to give us uh, this scripture as well so that whoever is starting, you might need part of it in your takeoff. I'm reading John 17 from verse 9. John 17. John 17 from verse 9. This is what I call Christ's CV to the Father when he was rounding up his apostleship on earth. Can I go on now? Is it there? Okay, I pray. I pray. I'm not using King James. I think it's King James Light. Verse, verse 9. Please. Verse 9. John 17, verse 9. I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me. For they are dying. And all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to thee, Holy Father, keep true thy own name, those whom thou hast given to me, that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou givest me, I, kept, I have kept and none of them is lost, but the son of perdition, the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. And now come I to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them thy word, and the world hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I think I'll hold it there. Okay, verse 15. I pray not that thou shouldest Take them out of the world, but thou shouldest keep them from the evil one. Let me stop here so that whoever is starting, we can put this part of it. Okay. Okay. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, praise the Lord. All right, I want to start with an illustration, uh, something we can actually relate with. Uh, Nigerian has one time been under 
the colony of uh, Britain, the country that colonized Nigeria was Britain. So when British government came for colonization, the first thing that they did is, is that the sign of colonization is culture, system, and governance. So the first thing they brought is that they took our culture, give us their culture, teach us the way they talk, the way they dress, and the way they approach, the way the system of governance, the broad monarchical system of governance, uh, and, uh, and in the year 1960, Nigeria gained their independence. In 1963, they became a republic. Now, in 1960, Nigeria gained what we call salvation. Let me use the word. Became born again. For let me just easy to explain it. Gained their freedom from the British governance. Now, they are not here in the country again. We don't have the direct authority of the queen controlling our system and our governance. We don't pay tribute or homage to the queen the way we used to do before when we were under Commonwealth. But when you look at the way we dress, even the way I'm talking, when a Francophone country comes to uh, a country that is under the British colony, they will know that the sign is that this is uh, a nation that has been colonized by the Britain, by the English-speaking country, because you can hear them speak their language. It's a sign of dominance. It's a culture. It's a sign of their civilization. So because the goal of colonization, which is uh, kingdom language, is to... Uh, is to impose their, their culture, their system, so that uh, the will of the queen will be done in wherever the British governor, governance or, 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 or colony, wherever their colony is, their influence is, that is the, the will of the queen will be dictated there. So Nigeria got their independence, but today we are still speaking English language, it's still our lingua franca, and uh, we still dress like the Britain. Uh, we suit, wear suits. Uh, with their culture is still there, even though we claim independence. That's how it is when we are born again. When we, God said, come out of among them, from that light you understand where he's talking from. Now, there's all co uh, uh, new colonization. Even though there's no direct colonization, but in our mind, we are still under their influence. We are still colonized. Because the way we still do things, the imprint of their colonization is still in our soul. So when the Bible said to his people, come out from among them, we should understand where he's talking from. Now, when you say to a Nigeria, come out of the Britain, number one, it's not that they still have their listen. When you say come out of there, it means the way we think because they've imposed their thoughts. And the way we act, the way we dress is based on our reasoning, the things we have been taught, our mindsets. 
our upbringing, we have been cultured to think certain ways. And that thought is what influences our actions, our dispositions. So when the Bible says, come out from her, and it's actually talking to his people. Now, God cannot tell an unbeliever to come out of her. The gospel come out of her is not to an unbeliever. Because an unbeliever cannot come out of Babylon. So when the Bible says come out of her, it's actually talking to a believer that has a will. An unbeliever doesn't have his will. So it's actually a believer that has a choice. When he says love not the world, it's a choice. You talked about choice last week. He's talking to a believer that has a choice to love either the world or the Father. He wasn't talking to an unbeliever. Because an unbeliever doesn't have any choice. It's under the control. It's not talking to a, 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 a come out of her. It's never to a believer, to an unbeliever. It's actually to the believer. But we should understand the place of the coming out of. It's actually the thoughts, the cultures. The, David says something in Psalm 51. He said, I was raised up in iniquity. In sin, my mother conceived me. So, I was brought up to think certain ways. That even when I'm born again, this thought of iniquity is still there. So, it begins a process, like I said last week, that what we call repentance actually is not a one-time experience. It's actually a, something a believer uh, keeps experiencing until it comes to the place of maturity, the place of love. We keep going through through that process. So the process of renewing of the mind through the laws of God. The purpose of the, the Pentecost is to implant the law of God in our soul. By implanting the law of God, we are coming out of Babylon. Babylon is not what you say, I'm coming out of it. No. It's actually a system that has laid hold on the souls of men. In our mind, in our thoughts, that controls our actions and our disposition. Coming out of there is actually renewing our mind, our thinking. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That, uh, that's awesome. Uh, that, um, uh, you know, where you said uh, the unbelievers do not have uh, will. Well, because Satan doesn't, Satan won't tell you, choose you this day. <laughs> Satan will not say, choose you this day. Satan makes choices for you. Satan dictates for you. He tells you what he wants, what you must carry out, what you must do. But it's God that will say, well, the way I've designed man, say man is a free moral agent, right? I can't force myself into man. I will make man make his choice. But I will still advise you. Because that, that the same thing happened in the garden, right? From the, the first man I got, uh, what God created, right? He said, there is the tree of life. And there is other tree in the garden. My friend, don't eat this one, no. Eat this one. But, well, you still have a part to do what? To make your choice, all right? So you see, it's our choices that takes us out of Babylon. Okay. Now, 
the, any, any decision I made, it either kicks me in it or takes me out of it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you just throw your face away? <laughs> eh? You're not getting me. Okay. Yeah, when he, when yeah, I think um, when you say an unbeliever doesn't have a will, every unbeliever has a will to me. Uh, because it was the exercise of our will that saved us. As an unbeliever, I made the choice, I am tired with sin. I want to serve God. And I became born again. That's an exercise of my will. Probably what you are trying to say is that an unbeliever is a slave to sin. So, uh, that, that, so when you say uh, does not have a will, there is nobody. Uh, Even the devil has a will. Uh, 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 man of God, I understand. See, see, like something I said last week is, is recurring again now. And I don't want it to reoccur again. Uh, in listening to somebody, what person is saying, right? You have been able to go beyond that. That's what is trying. He's trying to communicate a thought, but I want us to be seen beyond what a person, beyond the words the person is trying to communicate. Because this this thing we are saying is spirit. It's not English. It's spirit. So at times. In communicating it, I may not have the choice of words to use to communicate what I'm doing. But you, the Holy Spirit will further help you to see what I'm not able to communicate in the, in, in the words, in words, right? You're able to catch the understanding. And that's the understanding that that man who you say they don't have will, right? 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 Is a man who is a slave to what? To sin. And he wants to, he wants, okay, Paul said it now. That which I want to do, right? I, I, don't, I don't find myself doing it, right? I want to do this, but I don't find myself doing it. I, I find another law warring within my what? I want to do good, though, but the evil is present. So something is telling you, you must do like this. So you know, but God will not insist you must do like this. That's what I'm going to. So that's, that, that, that's, that, if, if, you, if you have followed the train of thought while it was building up, you know, uh, this will not be coming up. So I, I, I want to beg us, in the name of Jesus Christ, eh? uh, let's uh, no understand where you are coming from. Not that I don't understand the one that's coming. So what, what I'm trying to pass across to us this morning is this, is that uh, immediately beyond what the person is saying, right, you can, you can have a, a thought and understanding beyond what the person is trying to communicate in words. So the person may not com com communicate it properly or the way he ought to communicate it. But while talking, you are seeing what the person is trying to communicate. Because what you just do is, your hands are raised up. Sorry, in line with what he said, this is what I am seeing. You know. What have we done? We have been able to, you have brought your what? Every joint is doing what? Supply. For what? For the building. For edification. That's the essence of the meeting. No, you don't understand. See, I am not saying you're not doing it. I am not saying all of all. I'm not saying you're not doing it here. I'm not re-emphasizing again what I, I what just happened now. Just emphasizing again that the essence of the meeting is that you put up your, your hands, right? And just say, look, 
this is what this person is saying, right? This is what I am seeing from what he's saying. So even when he said that he's saying it, right, may not see it in that light, but you are helping him to see without understanding. That Praise God. That's exactly what I'm saying. No, not that. What he did now was very correct. Pastor Moses. Praise the Lord. I I want to look at um, the Second Corinthians. Uh, Reverend, thank you for that uh, scripture. Um, John 17. Um, Jesus said that uh, though he's no more in the world, they are in the world. He's praying that he's not taking them out of the world, but he's praying that the God will do what? Keep them wild in the world. In the build up of Second Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14, Paul's was talking to the believer, number one. He said, be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. So he called them believers. He said, for what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? So they are what? Righteousness. One, they are believers. One, they are righteousness. Verse 15. And what concord has Christ with burial? So they are what? They are Christ. What part has he that believed with an infidel? She's talking about their righteousness, their Christ, their believers. And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? So a believer is what? Is the temple of God. For ye are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and so, so, so. Then in verse 17, wherefore come out from among them. I think um, this come out is talking about insulation, not isolation. In other words, this is who you are, but you are in the world. The earth has been given, the heaven is the Lord. The earth is what has been given to the sons of men. But there is, the earth is also unleashed to Satan. So it means that, so, what that means is that the law of the spirit of life in Christ is at work in a believer. The soul has been bought by the blood of Jesus. is no more in control of the devil. Even though their knowledge of what he was raised, that's why the Bible says in um, Ephesians chapter 1, He's talking about that the spirit uh, was, um, was sealed the soul. 
the, the essence of the spirit was that it was a guarantee seal to the soul that it will be redeemed fully. So the essence of the spirit was for the essence of transforming the soul since he has been brought to a new honor. So when he's talking about come out from them, he's talking about not living according. So my thought, my imagination should be transformed, not according to how I used to behave before I bought. Now in James chapter 4, the Bible talks about, he said, uh, please can we read that scripture, James chapter 4 verse 1. He's talking about that, that they are James chapter 4. He said, From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come then not hence, even of your laws that war in your members. So this man have life, but within him there is still knowledge of where he's coming from. And the Spirit of God and that knowledge, because the Spirit of God is light. So because of the presence of that, the Spirit of God, that former knowledge cannot be at peace. So there is an enmity, there is a warring. And he says in two, he said, this is the lost. And if you continue, verse four, he's talking about ye adulterers and adulteresses. Don't you know that friendship with the world, in other words, you belong to another. Why are you still having affection to an Christ has bought you? Why are you still a shower? <laughs> loving the world? Then in verse 6 he said, but give, submit yourself under the mighty hand of God. And what will happen? You will be able to resist. So in other words, it is in my submission of the heart of my soul by obeying the leading of the Holy Spirit by the word of God that I renew my heart. So I don't fight. I can't say I'm coming out of Babylon because I'm not in Babylon. I've been translated from what? The kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of Christ. So my assignment is to take advantage of the provision, the culture, the education of that kingdom I am to renew my mind that this is not, if you look at the New Testament, after salvation, what Paul Apostle major on is identity in Christ. You are righteousness. You are this. You are the temple of God. So those are the identities that God wants us to know who we are. If we have a complete knowledge of this new identity, that is how we aspire the other knowledge. So I cannot just say, come out, come out. Come out does not bring me out. It is renewing my mind with the knowledge of who I now is that brings me out. <laughs> Sitting, everybody's watching you. Of course. 
I know I don't say you are prison. I know I don't say you are prison. You are where you <laughs> where you are. If you are if you are in the congregation, it's better. Where you are now, you don't say point me. Please. Uh, we just want to they, they, we want you here today. Uh, so please I beg you. Hallelujah. Pray. <laughs> Praise God. Uh, it's important that um uh we're trusting the Lord that how that we can come out. So what, when it says come out from among them, what does that mean? So when it says come out from among her, what does it mean? And that's what uh, Pastor Dave has been able to bring to us. That's what Pastor Moses has been able to bring to us, how to come out from among, her, among, uh, from among them. Because here he's saying, well, what he's saying is that uh, uh, we can't come out. Like, for instance, uh, I said something before that one of the ways we come out is our choices we'll make, right? Decisions we'll make. So if I choose to obey the Lord, right, what, what is happen, happening to my obedience is bringing me out of her. What if I choose, choose to disobey the Lord? Right? What is that? I'm keeping the system. I'm keeping Babylon. So Babylon will stay. Babylon will not be judged. Why? Because I'm not working. Look at what, uh, at somewhere in the book of, uh, 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 where is this scripture now? Second Corinthians chapter 10, right? That said, uh, it will judge disobedience, right? When my obedience is what? Completes, right? So it's a complete obedience that judges disobedience, which is Babylon. Hallelujah. Pastor, good luck. Please, if you are speaking, indicate by raising up your hands, please. Hallelujah. Please, pardon my voice. <laughs> pardon my voice, please. Um, I will take a light from both of them. But before I go there, let's read um, First Peter 2. Please, I need that uh, amplified translation. First Peter 2, 2, I think. Like newborn babies. The amplified version, please. Yes. You should. Okay, okay go ahead. No, this is King James. You should crave, thirst for, earnestly desire the pure, unadulterated spiritual milk that by it you may be nurtured and grow into completed salvation. Now, let's mark that word. You may be nurtured and grow into complete salvation. And now he's talking about his soul coming into complete salvation. Not short. Now, let's look at it in the light of a woman who gave birth to a child. You know, when a, a baby is born, the first thing he wants to take is, is the sucking of the breast, the breast milk. And the expectation of the mother is that that child sucking the breast milk will grow and mature to come into the position where that child will have that ability to stand, to, to think, and do things that is pleasing to the parents. So you could see that all the journey of the feeding of the child is to mature the child. 
is not putting any responsibility upon the child in terms of achieving anything. The child is not to achieve something, but the feeding of the child is to bring the child to maturity, where his senses begin to function in the way it pleases the parents. Praise God. So this is the area we are looking at when we say we are, how do we come out of Babylon? We are not, we are looking at the practices that we are engaging on our daily basis. Because if you cannot tell whether I'm in Babylon or you are in Babylon if I'm just, if I'm doing nothing. You can't tell. I may be, I am born again, filled with the Holy Spirit. But you cannot just look at me and say, ah, Babylon is still in you. When you don't see any practice or, or functionality of what you refer to as Babylon. So now we are able to establish that there is Babylon. We are able to understand what Babylon is. It has nothing to do with the state. It has everything to do with the functionality, the practice, the activities that we carry out. Now, we are born again, filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, we are of God. But our practices are still what we are trying to stop, curtail. Our soul is still engaging in certain practices that are not pleasing to our father. Are, are we getting what I'm saying? It's not pleasing. Yet you get me. So now, he wants us to come out of those practices. Not that we are coming out of the world, but he wants us to come out of those practices. But you and I know that our soul has been engaged in, or, or cultured in practicing such things. Now, for instance, a child is growing in, your, in the house. You don't teach the child to curse. You know, little children, they grow up and they begin to curse. And they grow up, they, if you give a little child biscuits and you ask the child to give you, but he won't give you. That greed, that selfishness, these are the things that are growing in them. And they begin to practice such lifestyle. So now, and now we are saying that we want to stop the practices that represent Babylon. That is what we are saying to come out of Babylon. The practices, the activities that our soul engages on. So how? That is why we establish, okay, the love work. When we begin to engage ourselves in the love work, which our pastor says, faith must be engaged also. The journey of faith, because scripture says that, for by faith, but by grace are you saved through faith. So there is no, the journey outside faith can never take you out of the practice of Babylon. The journey outside faith can never take you outside the practice of Babylon. If you are not in the journey of faith, you will never practice what pleases God. 
you will still be practicing Babylon. No matter how it looks like. So that is why we are bringing faith that walketh by love. So now we are, let us look at this point. How can we begin to understand the journey through faith that is in love? The journey through faith that is where in love. So the scripture says that God, the, the Holy Spirit spread abroad the love of God in our hearts. So you and I have the love of God in our heart already. Now, for us so that we can begin to journey in the path of faith. No other path. The path of faith. So now, it is, let us begin to expand on that, that faith work that is in love. That is where our soul begins to, to journey outside the practice of Babylon outside the activities and functionality of Babylon. So we are not looking, we are not trying to look at whether we are still in Babylon or we are not, no. We are not in Babylon, but we, we practice the activities of Babylon that makes us not to achieve what our Father wants us to achieve. That is the area we are looking at. How can we stop the practice of Babylon in our soul? So that is why we need to journey in the path of love, the love walk through faith, or the faith walk through love. That's what I want to do. Okay. From your last sentences, you were saying that we are not in Babylon. The Bible says, come out from there. So we are there. But to come out, I heard the sentence. I followed your line of thoughts. But the sentence, when he was talking about people maybe interjecting, words, like you say, they are spirits. Some people might pick it like that and start running with it. Please, I was actually raising my hand because I have a question. It's outside of this. I think, like you said, um, when you read Colossians, he said, if you be risen with Christ, that's your spirit, then set your affections on things above. So you have members of your body that are still earthly. So that's what we're talking about, the soul and the body. So the responsibility is to set the affections of those other members to where the spirit is. I think that's all. That, that, is, that is what, see, that is the beauty of fellowship. And that's what I'm trying to trust in the Lord to beyond what the person is saying. You are able to, you are able to pick the thoughts, the spirit of what he's saying. Then bring that, bring it out to us for everybody to understand, for consumption, to understand. Because all the thing he's saying, uh, yeah, you understand. It's what Pastor Kajan just said in a very sum that look, we are yes. If you be risen with Christ, that means I've experienced new birth, right? The next phase now is that I need to set my affection on where. So which part of me are they addressing now? Is it my spirit? No, it's my soul. So there are things my soul is engaging in, right? That is not making me to be where my spirit is, right? And that is how we cause Babylon to fall, right? When I stop engaging the practices of Babylon, I begin to engage in the practice of the life I've received in my spirit. Are you seeing that? That is how this system, the culture, the civilization of Satan, Force down. 
So and he's not saying the how to engage that must be by faith, right? Because why? Immediately you became justified, right? By faith, right? Jesus now said, Paul said in his right, he said, the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. So if the life of a believer is a faith life, have we believing it? If we have not believing it, then there is no way we can come out of those practices. Those places will set our affections on, which is actually the earth, which is actually Babylon. We can't come out of it until we begin to divorce those engagements, those our love, and begin to set our affection on things that are above. Hallelujah. Do you have questions to ask again? Yeah, I have questions. You, you ask a question, just there with us. There are some people who want to share their thoughts. Uh, you don't bring to see again. They're, they're giving you mic. Sorry. When it's true, somebody has raised. Okay, you raised your hand. Sorry, he did before you. So after you, Apostle did. No, not him. Praise the Lord. I want us to look at Ephesians uh, chapter. Five. Now read from verse fifteen to seventeen. He says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fool, but as wise. He says, redeeming the time, because the days are evil, verse seventeen. Say, we are for be you not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Let me read the message, the last verse. That's verse 17. He said, Don't live carelessly, unthinkly. Make sure that you understand what the master wants. So I can feel. Like here, he quoted that scripture in James. says, set your affection on the things that above. Praise the Lord. Even uh, uh, James, who said it, that you should do what? Mind the things that are above. Praise the name of the Lord. Who knows the mind of a man? Except the spirit of a man. Who knows the mind of God? Except the Spirit of God. So without me, align the Holy Spirit to help me in this journey, I might assume that I am walking rightly, but I'm walking as a fool. Without the Holy Spirit, you can do nothing. By natural, it's not by calculation. In the secular world, whereby they set some KIPs, and they begin to do, you know, key indices and uh, stuff like that as a result of, you know, to do measurement. Whereby you can measure your progress. Am I progressing? So it's not like that. Like what he was trying to say, his songwriter said, who will, flee, who will free us from this mental slavery? Though we are free, we have been set free, like he said. The colonial master is gone. 
But the things the sister and they brought, my soul has become acquainted with it. My soul loves it. It's just like a bird who has been cultured. Even if you open the cage, the bird will refuse to go. Because it has become a mental thing. But beyond the mental thing, spiritual thing, you cannot do it by mental power. It is by the help of the Holy Spirit. So it's not something you can do by your own power. Zerubbabel had the understanding. He said, it's not by power, it's not by might. It is by the grace of God. That's why Jesus said, it is expedient that I go so that I will do what? I will send the spirit of truth who will come and show you all things. To bring you into that truth. So what is not Babylon? So that somebody who does his legitimate work will not be confused. Because if you want to judge it by virtue of human understanding, there will be so much boundaries. Like when he was sharing last week, the loss of the flesh, the loss of the eyes, and the pride of life. And he quoted scripture, he said, where does this loss come from? The Bible says that the, 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 the kingdom of God is not by observation, whereby you say it is there or there. He said it is within you. The same thing too, the kingdom of Babylon is within you. You have been cultured through the time you were born. You are nurtured. Biologically, there are some character traits that you pick from your parents, which were in their genes. So in the course of you growing up, the environment has shaped you. And these are the things that we've come to like. Our soul, this thing has moved from our head to our spirit. So when God said, let it come out, come out, that thing must come out from our soul because our soul loved it. God told uh, Cain something. He said, if your offerings were okay, won't it be accepted? And if you have done wrong, won't you be rejected? And he said, listen, my son. He told him something. He said, sin is knocking at the door. Which door was he talking about? The door of his house. The door of his heart. The door of his soul. And he, the next thing, he said, master it. Master it in the sense that have control over it. So we coming out of it, there are certain steps we need to take. Number one, eternity must be our focus. If your focus is earthly, I'm telling you, you won't be able to come out from Babylon. Eternity must be your focus. Praise the name of the Lord. God must be your trust. For without faith, no man can please God. That faith, there is Christ. Looking on to Jesus, Jesus has set that example. All I need to do is just to follow him. All that Jesus came to do, he denied. Satan presented all these things to him. What is the loss of the flesh? It's simply those things that I have inside of me. Satan used it to do what? To derail me. The loss of the flesh simply means Satan using what? Those things that are inside of me, those internal influences inside of me, those internal loss. That of the eyes is external attractions. Things that are around me, Satan used it. That was the picture he paints. So he will come and paint those things. Praise the name of the Lord. As much as building of a house is good, the bottom line, they can be what? Babylon lying within it. Just the same way, whereby that same spirit, that same loss within you can loss for somebody else's wife. 
Praise the Lord. My prayer this morning is that the Holy Spirit will learn how to rely on the Holy Spirit. That's where our struggle lies. And Pastor Dan Ladi has said it many times. He separate yourself. Go into your closet. Spend time with him. Consecrate yourself. Befriend him. My prayer these days, I keep telling Lord, I want to speak to you as a friend. Speak to a friend. I don't want to come to you as a stranger. I want to come to you as a friend. I want to know you. I want to, when you know him, the more you know him, you begin to get instruction. It is that instruction that will help you to live. If you don't know how to receive instruction from you, how would you live? Your head knowledge cannot help you. He must give you instruction part time. Based on those instructions, you know when to do. You hear Paul many times. He said, I would have come to you, but the Spirit constrained me. If the Spirit constrained you, do you pay attention? Have you disciplined yourself to the point whereby you understand how the Spirit moves? In my conclusion, at times, God can talk to you and say, Dave, go to America. Not because he wants you to go to America, but he wants to see the idol in your heart, how you react. He told the children of Israel, I have to pass you through the wilderness so that I will know what is in your heart. Not because God wants you to go to America. So it's not every time God says go. At times you need to ask the Lord. You ask him question. Why do you want me to go? And the Lord will know that this one, he has understanding. Not the one that by the time the Lord tells you go to America, even the mere word America will just change the capacity of your mind. All you'll be thinking about is your own. When I get there, how will blow and things like that. Let's ask ourselves the question. The church is where you are. If, you are, if that pulpit is being removed, or they remove you from that pulpit, how will you live your life? You know, many of us will say we are pastors. So for many of us, we feel that, you know, pastor simply means that you have people under you and you preach and things like that. So if they take that pulpit, uh, you know, so what will be left? Abaku said something. He said, I will walk upon my high places. Even if there are no states, there are no fruit on the tree. Even when the harvest is this thing, it's gone. But the Lord, I will continue to rejoice in the Lord. So when you are able to rejoice in those things that we assume that we are the real thing, that you see them as vanities, that's when you have come out from Babylon. The three blue boys say, if I perish, I perish. That means that Bible, you know, we quote scriptures. He said, we overcome them by the blood of the Lamb and by the words of our testimony. And they love not their life unto death. That means that this world didn't matter to them again. Go to the heroes of faith. Look at them. They say this war. Amen. Bible says that uh, Moses left the riches of Egypt. Have you been to Egypt? Even if not physically. Pictures. Over 3,000 years. Some of the caves that they are recovering, they are, they, are, they, are, they, are, they are seeing today. You know, it's amazement. If you're an artist, you see the artwork. You know, their technology is out of this war. Embalming somebody. So if you go to Egypt, it's a kind of place whereby, I'm telling you, even, you can even reject your, even if you are not married, you can reject your girlfriend and, eh, and go for it. It's as, praise the name of the Lord. It's a paradise. Have you been to Dubai? All this one that you are talking, don't use Nigeria, whereby, you know, 
Ilele is not a pyramid. You know what they call Ilele, where they throw those. We know it might look like a, a pyramid, but it's not. So don't use Nigerian factor. Go out of this country when you see things and Christ is still left in you, then you know you have come out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, that's, that's the reason why I'm trusting the Lord, Pastor uh, uh, Donald, has been able to at least come out in what we are trusting. When we talk about faith, you know, like Paul would say, like Paul would say, the life I not live in the flesh, right? I live by the faith of the Son of God, right? So it means that uh, the way to know that I am coming out is to, in this body, right, in this flesh, the way to know I'm coming out is to live by the faith of the Son, right? So if I am not able to live by the faith of the Son, right, there is no way I do what I can come out of that. I mean, the system I love, the lifestyle I love, you know, like um, last week, I think that this week or last week, you know, when Apostle Dave was talking, he said, uh, when everything we do is not born out of gain, then it shows that there is no motive behind what you do. So you're not seeking for, uh, you're not seeking for, for maybe self-esteem, self-glory, self-gratification, whatever. If that is not there, it means God is helping you, you are coming out. So if I, if I like <laughs> mentioned now, they take, <laughs> poop it away from us now. What happens next? Do you understand? Or what you are doing, you're not finding it, you're not breaking forth the way you should break forth. Right? How, how do you feel? So those are, those are those things that God wants to, through his word, deliver us from. So when, when we're delivered, then what happens is that the Babylon is judged. Babylon is destroyed. As we are beginning to respond to the words of faith that we hear from God's word. Pastor Clever. Yeah. Praise God. Yeah, um, I want to thank God for those who have started speaking. Um, we could see that, yes, it's the Lord. It's the spirit of the Lord that is speaking, and it's a build-up one after another. Praise God. Um, so to come out of her, I, I wrote here, I say, you must know who you are. You know, most times we have we have uh, we overestimate ourselves we don't know how much how selfish we are we overestimate ourselves and the truth is our true worth is not hidden from god it's not hidden from the devil it's not hidden from spirits they see us praise the name of the lord so they see us. We are the ones who try to mask, to play. We are the ones who try to cover up. And that's hypocrisy. We need to know who we are. And then we need to be able to, we need the capacity to tell ourselves truth on the inward part. There is no man that does not have uh, an idea of who he is. Through your thoughts, you will know who you are, really. When you sit down, you are going over matters, you will know who you are. But most times, we, like Jesus said to that, he said, leave the, the speck on your brother's eyes. 
and remove the log on your eyes. So most times we focus on the log on people's eyes. And I mean, on the speck on people's eyes. What is speck compared to a log? How many billion specks can you get from a log? But when we sit down, and it's also Babylon. It's also Babylon. When I sit down, I say, Israel, how are you? How is your ministry? As I'm looking at you, man, I have sized it in straight. We started ministry together. So the, way, the day you come with car, you know, there is a war we start within me. I have not gotten my own car. So most times we like to lie to ourselves. And um, this year is one of the challenges I've taken up. I said, I will not lie to myself again. And uh, wherever correct, uh, correction is going to come from, I am open to receiving it. I am ready to take those decisions, those things. There are many things the Lord has told us 10 years ago. We did not see them. For 10 years, he's been telling us the same thing. And yet, we are still righteous in our eyes. May God help us to see more. So I said, we need to see the glory of God to let go of the glory of this world. Uh, I hate Babylon. I hate Babylon. I hate Babylon. When you see how they treat... You know, people in Babylon, they know how to take care of themselves. Even like men of God, when we go for a meeting, there's a kind of car you will come with. They will tell you, okay, go and park there, go and park there. My brother, open that. Okay, go and park there. You will be there. Somebody will come in with a Lexus, something, something, or one Toyota. Yes, sure, sir. Just rush, open the thing. Within you, you will not be happy. Praise the name of the Lord. That's the truth. You will not be happy. You see somebody, I've been somewhere with um, somebody who was even assisting me in the ministry. But because he was wearing suits, both of us went. Because he was wearing suits, they directed him. And the way I was dressed, he was telling them, no, that's my pastor. He said, my friend, follow me. <laughs> so Babylon has cultured us. Even the way we give honorarium, who we give honorarium, who we honor, who we do not honor, it is Babylon that gave us those judgments. Who is higher than who? Who is better than who? It is Babylon. And that is the yastic with which we operate. And God wants to kill it. Can I see Pastor Yama and honor him? Greet him like I will greet Papa. Honor him like I will honor Papa. Because he is a child of God. Praise the name of the Lord. So these things are not far-fetched too. They are with us. When Mama comes here, the way I will honor Mama, I will talk to Mama. Can I talk to the other ladies in the house like that? So these things are inside us. We need to acknowledge that. Like I said, when God is saying, come out, from, we are not seeing, but there are things we are seeing. But we have spiritual Apollo. <laughs> so the eyes are open, but there is a way he sees. And when sun is coming, you know Apollo does not like sun. When sun is coming, you will be forced to shut it. So when the light of God comes to you, you will close your eyes. So most times, even the ministry, the raising ministry, when you woke up this morning, all the war within you, go and check it out. Go and check it out. Who told me that Pilar is better than me because he's better dressed than I? Who told you that Pastor Goodluck, uh, Pastor Goodluck is better than me because his congregation is bigger than my own? 
So because my church, my, 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 my congregation is bigger than Pastor Goodluck's church, you know, when I come to minister to your church, the way you will receive me is different from the way you are receiving him. Hallelujah. So that is Babylon. That is Babylon. When, 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 when the other man that is a big ministry comes to your house, you will go and bring the best plate. You want to impress him. When the other brother comes, do you see Christ? What gave you that, that sight? What gave you the judgment with which you are judging? So, all of these things, we need to know ourselves. We need to, we need to begin to see the glory of God. Paul said something, now no, we know man what? After the flesh. We don't want to know whether you are a doctor, you are a lawyer, you are one big pastor, you are one small pastor, you are one something, something. Now no, we know man after the flesh. All I want to know is Christ and him crucified. How are you relating with Christ? Praise the name of the Lord. So, if we don't see the glory of God, if we don't know where we are going, we will not brace up to, 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 I mean, we will not give ourselves everything to it. Praise the name of the Lord. If Pastor Samson tells me, come and walk with me, I mean, walk for me, and I don't know what he's going to pay me at the end of the day, do you know the way I will approach the work is going to be different? When he tells me, my brother, if you carry 500 blocks today, I will give you $3,000. You know, the strength will come from nowhere. That strength will come from nowhere. But if he says, just walk, and I don't know what I will get at the end of the day, like Pastor uh, Apostle Sam told us, gain, Babylon, it's about gain. You see, once that gain, I don't know. If there is nothing I will gain in a relationship, the way I will, train, I will treat that relationship will be very much different. And that's what Babylon told us. So rather than being self-sacrificing, we are always looking for gain. So we, we, we navigate towards the areas where we are better remunerated, where we get gain. And if we don't deal with that thing, we are going to walk against the Spirit of God. Because most times, if he sees that I have that tendency, he's going to lead me to places where they will use me to kill that thing within us. So, you know, we, 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 we say some of these things, like some of our brethren, we have been mounting this thing. I reject Babylon. I, when I see them now, the way everybody is competing with Jeep and the rest, I just laugh. I said, we, were, we, we, like, we like lying to ourselves. Praise the name of the Lord. I hate this world. I hate this world. Meanwhile, the world woke you in the middle of the night. I was counseling you. You didn't sleep throughout the night. Because of the world you, you saw in somebody. I hate this world. So when we carry microphone, we forget that this is our life wire. They are telling us, come out, die. That's death. They are telling us. So the truth is called the sword. Who is it to kill? Is it the enemy? I kill Satan. No, the truth is for you and I. It's to kill us. It's to kill us. Thank you, Reverend, for that scripture where you read in, in John 17. You know, Jesus gave them a word. The word he gave to them was what was to preserve and keep them from the world. And that word, for as long as they are holding on to the word he gave to them, which are the doctrines of Christ, the wicked one, the evil one cannot touch them. That's, what will, that's, that's, that's how they, they will be kept. Even though they walk in the midst of the people who carry this world. Because when he says the world, you need to know the world. The people in whom this thing is dominating and the people in whom this thing is at work. You know, so 
you see that the words of Christ is what will deal with that thing. For as long as, and that's the fight, when we labor to hold, because it's a big labor, to hold onto the hope, the faith, the true faith, not the one that has been adulterated, this one that everybody wants to use for gain. Every time you, you wake up early in the morning, you listen. I hear some of my neighbors. I will be weeping in my heart. Because every day, God, this year, oh, this month, this morning, I take it. I, nobody is thinking of how to go and show Christ outside there. So we have been given a doctrine that emasculated us, that reduced us to nothing. A doctrine. And the doctrine is about this world. And we don't know that that's the sword of the devil with which he has killed many believers. And he's laughing and resting. And we are deaf. Satan, you don't fall for gutter. Macha, macha. We release fire. We release Holy Ghost. Meanwhile, you are inside there. The guy is sipping his tears. This world is lost. He doesn't know. Praise the name of the Lord. So that we must acknowledge that. So we must, Jesus said that they should seek the kingdom. Seek ye first. Are we seeking the kingdom? What have we been seeking? You know, many people who are seeking the kingdom do not understand what it means to seek the kingdom. We think that the kingdom is heaven. We think that the kingdom is a geographical place. That's the kingdom. In fact, the way many people want to rush to America is as if it's the kingdom of God. Once you enter there, you are, you are free from all your life. No. Praise the name of the Lord. You know, so... The kingdom is not heaven, seeking heaven. He's seeking the dominance of God over one's life. That God becomes a controlling factor like Pastor Paul said. The Holy Spirit, you are being led. As many as are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. If you are not being led by the Spirit, you are not his son. You are not his son. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. So we need to understand that. We need to understand that. So we have three, hope, faith, and love. Do we know the faith? That faith talks about the word that Jesus has given. We talk about the hope is what that word paints. The end, the, the end game, what the end of that faith that you have received. And then the love talks about you coming into that. You have come into that life, but that life is going to lead you somewhere. It's taking you somewhere. So, but how many of us are still expecting the coming of the Lord Jesus? How many? Thank you. God, uh, there's just one uh, thing Pastor Clover said, I just want to uh, reiterate again, uh, that we, we need to understand what the faith is, right? And uh, we, have used, um, we have used the faith for what the faith is not. So you have used faith for gain. Instead of using faith, right, to use it to please God, or to use it to please God, use it to acquire the life of God. So faith is wrongly interpreted or wrongly used amongst God's people. So, and uh, we are trusting you because it is when we understand the faith that we will now understand how to see that we we'll use that faith which is the life of God, because without faith, it's impossible to please God, right? So, to use that life of faith to please God, not to please ourselves. So, when we use faith, we use to our, our own desires, our own pleasure, our own gain, 
That's what you use faith for. But faith is not meant for our gain. It's meant to use to please the Lord. Pastor, um, brother Kennedy has something to say in one minute in addition to what... Uh, uh, Praise God. I was prompted to really bring this uh, understanding again. Pastor um, uh, Clever said something, which sometimes if we don't balance it, we may not fully grasp the whole picture. He said something that um, sometimes when you wake up in the morning, war, you understand, a lot of uh, war, you understand me, which is our reality. But then, do we come to a point in our life that we can experience that? Because Jesus experienced that constantly through temptation, all those things, you know. Those temptations, God, uh, Satan took Jesus to, those, uh, to tempt him on those things. You understand? Those are thoughts. Are you getting it? So, what I want to bring into this is that these things, as far as we are here on this planet, uh, until we live here, is a constant battle of our mind to control our soul. So, but what we need to, whenever we are faced with that, is to put things in the right perspective. You understand? Because it will be overwhelming on you. But if we keep uh, 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 the, this thing, that is the, if we cultivate the attitude of meditation to be able to put thoughts in their right perspective, because they will come like this, that if you don't take time, you understand me, it carries you and you begin to act. But when you question this thing, is it like this? Is it like this? Where is it coming from? Why is it like this? Question, you question, then that is when, and if you are doing like that, you see the power will diminish. You understand? And the real thing, which is from God, will begin to emerge, and that will power you. Praise God. Praise, praise God. That's a question. There's Michael, don't you? He was asking, saying about balancing what Pastor Clay yeah, was saying. That is what he's bringing. He has brought it already. He, if you listen to him, I, right? I listen. Did you listen to him? I listen. He to said him. there is no way that you wake up in the morning. Yes. No way bombard Please, we, what he said, can he, can he come to? We can come to where you wake up in the morning. You will not be bothered with Babylon. So, so, see, that, that's... <laughs> hello, 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 hello. Praise God. It's not that you Why? know that those thoughts will be there. Hello, hello sir. Hello, sir. Or how you manage... There's a scripture that's coming to my mind. There's a scripture that's coming to my mind. There's, 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 something, there's a scripture that's coming to my mind. Because when you were saying it, right, as long as you live in this world, right, you are in this world, and you are still in this mortal body, right, you have not, you have not, you have not changed this mortal body. Things will surely throw him. So, but, uh, but the truth is this. When you see, when you look at Hebrew chapter, hold on, Hebrew chapter, uh, chapter 4, I think verse 15, right? See, Jesus at all times was being tempted, right? But yet, 
without sin. So, if Jesus was tempted at all times, but yet, even when those temptations comes, right, his reaction, his response, right, is not response to death, it responds to life. So, and it's, the Lord is showing us how that, even when thoughts come, when thoughts come, because thoughts will come. Do you understand? Because, and it has asked us not to take thoughts, right? So, what is my fight now? That when those things are coming, I don't allow those things to defile me. Right. So, I will, not allow, I, will, I will not allow it to defile me. It's simple. It's the light must be where? Is the light must be in the law of the Lord, right? And in it, I will meditate day and night. Now, meaning that I must ensure, like what David said in Psalm 119, right? He said, your word abide where? In my heart. So, the essence of meditating on God's word is to be able to ensure that that word of God is repeated in the hearts. Because if the word is not engrafted in my heart, right, what happens is this, is that I will, when temptation arises, I, I don't have what it takes. Are you seeing that? I don't have what it takes. Like when you said, when the enemy will come like a what? So that flow comes every morning, right? When the enemy comes like a what, what happens? The spirit of God will do what? We raise a standard. What's the standard? It's the word that you have read in your heart. That, that not memorizing God's word is an understanding of God's word that you have broken to. And has become your experience. That when, when the enemy is not coming, you have what it takes. That was why Jesus, when, even though when it was, it was tempted, he said, Man does not live by what? So there was a standard that was being what? Lifted up. Hallelujah. When Jesus wakes up in the morning, is it Babylon that he's thinking on? What were the thoughts? So when, when, when you see, the Bible tells us at least we have some people into God's word that the, the zeal of my father's house has consumed him. When he got to the well with the woman of Samaritan, a man who was very hungry, saw the will of God, he was taken. So, what was the temptation of the devil to Jesus? Because for some, you can't tell me that you wake up in the morning and then the temptation, what woke you up is one fine girl you saw when you went to minister and you sit up and you say that was the temptation Jesus was tempted. So what were the things? What was the mind? What was the heart of Jesus? And again, when we say Jesus was constantly tempted, I mean, the Bible tells us that seasonally the enemy comes and then tempts him. Temptation is really different from the thoughts. Every day, the things that you stay with. Temptation comes out of sin out of the desires of our hearts. That's what the devil uses. So does Jesus have evil desire? That's the thing we have to ask. So what was the devil? Was the devil trying to tempt him? Okay, go and uh, 
take offering, uh, go to Caesar, tell Caesar, manifest some miracles. And this money you are looking for will happen. Was it the temptation of Jesus? So that's... Uh, please, uh, please, I beg us in the name of God. I want to beg us in the name of God. Uh, in, in trying to explain our thoughts, we should try and try much, as much as possible to listen to what the other person is saying. I'll keep giving that emphasis again and again so that it will help us in the place of fellowship, when we're fellowshipping together. Now, uh, uh, Scripture puts it in that uh, Hebrew chapter 4 I read that Jesus at all time was tempted, but yet, but yet without sin. So that means but at all times, at all points, right? But uh, please, can you give you Hebrew chapter 4? Yeah? So somebody is giving another understanding again. Can you give us Hebrew chapter 4, verse 15, if I'm if I, I, exact? Okay, you're already there. Is it verse 15? Verse 15, right? He said, For we have not an high priest. Please, can you give us Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15? Can you give us Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15? Are you there? Okay. Hebrews 4, verse 15. For we do not have an high priest who cannot be sympathized with our weakness, but was in all point tempted. As we are, was in all point tempted as we are, yet without sin. So you see, the reasons for the faith life or the word of faith that we hear, right, is to be to a point that no matter because I, I, I still say it, I said we still live here, and temptation will surely come. We'll be tempted. Now, the pursuit is that there is nothing that Satan will dazzle before you and you will fall for. That's our, that's our race. That's our, that's our journey. Our journey is that you get to a place where Satan brings anything. Right? Like Jesus said in, in, in John chapter 14, verse 13, the priest of this world comments. That means he will keep coming. He will stop coming. He will come. And when he's coming, there is nothing of his that is in us. Why? Because as we begin to hear the words of faith and begin to journey towards faith, right? What happens? Those things that are the property of Satan that are in us, we begin to drop. We begin to let them go. We will make decisions to let them go. So as we begin to let them go, what happens? Babylon says that after a while, the priest will keep coming again, right? And say, tell you one thing. And when I say, this man, God has helped him in this area. God has helped him in that area. God has helped him in that area. Hallelujah. Apostle Dave. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> okay, I, I want to connect some scriptures so that I can just explain, you know. But meanwhile, permit, please permit me to add something to what uh, uh, Pastor Clever just said. I, I, I think I understand him quite well. You understand the point, you know. Being concerned about... Um, 
what is your responsibility every day is different from being worried about Babylon. You understand? It's just like, a, you know, okay, I, as a man, you know, I have an apartment. You know, when the rent is due, I have to be concerned about paying it. That's my responsibility. And if I don't have the money, I'll be very concerned. It's even from when I, I just visited a fellow pastor and I saw certain things and I can't sleep. They are not the same thing. One, one is Babylon that is responsible. The other one is not. That one, in fact, I'm, I'm, I'm just being a child of God because I should be concerned about my responsibility. You understand the point now? I should be very concerned about it. Look for ways to get it done. It's quite different from when I'm bothered about something I don't need. And that thing is giving me sleepless nights. And it's making me do things. It's not the same. I think that's what uh, uh, Pastor Kleber is trying to say. Okay, so let's just proceed. Let, let's read uh, that place you went from, that John. John chapter 17. Please, uh, let's read... Uh, John 17, I want to read verse 15 and 16. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. John chapter 17, verse 15 and 16. I take it again. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. Verse 16, they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Okay, let's read, uh, sorry, First uh, Peter chapter 1. Hallelujah. First uh, Peter 1, I want to read verse... Um, 22. First Peter 1 Peter 1.22 Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently. Okay, one more, uh, two more scriptures, sorry, please. Let's read the uh, Ephesians, please. Ephesians chapter 5, where we read before, uh, verse 17. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Then finally, uh, Philipp, uh, Philippians chapter 2. Somebody help me read Philippians chapter 2. Let me not. Uh, my reading is very slow. Verse 12 and 13. Philippians chapter 2. So, my friends. Okay. I'm reading in English. So, my friends that I love, you too must obey God. When I was with you, you always obeyed. Now that I'm not with you, that is even more important. You are people that God has worked to save from the results of sin. And you must live as people like that, like that should live. You must be very careful to obey God always. You should be afraid not to do that. 
you must remember that that is very great and very powerful. English. <laughs> okay. <laughs> English like broken. Okay. Uh, Philippians chapter 2 from verse 12 said, Therefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Verse 13, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Hallelujah. Now, what I want to, you know, I want to connect these scriptures together. First of all, Jesus said, you know, from John chapter 17, verse 15 and 16, he made it clear there that the world is not, uh, uh, which we refer to as Babylon, this system, is not about the physical world. So he made it clear, uh, somewhere uh, I didn't read there, he explained why he's saying it openly, so that they will know. It's for there is no as if him and the father doesn't understand, you know, the conversation. There's something they know, but he was saying it to our hearing, uh, to the hearing of his disciples for our own good. Now he said, you know, he made it clear that it is not about the physical things. It's not. He's not asking the father to take them out of this world. That is not how uh, abstinence, total abstinence from everything, is not how you break free from Babylon. He said he's only praying that you should keep them from the evil. Now, why, why, why I'm coming from this angle, because it's, you know, it's very difficult to, or very easy to misunderstand what we are saying. Because we are using physical example doesn't mean these things are physical. Yeah. You know, I said something last time. You know, even, even in doing the will of God, Babylon can take over if you're not careful. Yes. Even in this... Like, that is the thought I'm trying to bring out. It's not about doing what is right, even. It's much more than doing what is right. It is doing what he wants. You can do what is right and not please him. Yes, you can do what is right and he is not pleased. So it is, it is keeping us from the wrong decision. Even when you are faced with the situation to do what is right. Now, if you look at First uh, 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 Peter one verse twenty, that I read, he said, "Say you have obeyed. You sorry, you have purified your souls in obeying the truth. Yeah. Uh, and the truth is that faith that Pastor Samson is talking about. Uh, faith is the revelation knowledge of Jesus Christ, which is our salvation. Because after receiving it, you have to obey it." Walk in the light of that light. And you can only do that by the spirit. He said, see, see you have uh, 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 purified your soul in obeying the truth through the spirit. Because you can know the truth and don't know what to do with it. You can know the truth and abuse it. You understand? So, you now see Coming out of Babylon, first of all, we must have this revelation knowledge of Jesus. A man without it cannot be free from Babylon. Now, after having this knowledge, you must order your life according to it. And you cannot order your life according to it every day without this leading of the Spirit. That each time you are faced with a decision to make, how do you know the one that pleases God? Without the Spirit of God. So it is true, first of all, faith. 
the revelation of Jesus Christ, then the work of the Spirit. Now, how, how, after that, sometimes when we talk about being led by the Spirit, you know, that one too also is another wahala on it too. Now, if you read, uh, sorry, if you read okay, the, the, uh, the Ephesians read, chapter 5, verse 17, say what? That we should what? Understand what the will of the Lord is. That is how we are led by the Spirit of God. You, your, your own spirit can be speaking. Any spirit can talk. You think is the Spirit of God. The devil can construct a statement so well that you think is God. And sometimes you look as if, like what God had told you before. You understand? So, now, in Ephesians, Paul is saying, this is how you do it. Each time, understand, seek to know what he wants now. Now, because you can be confronted with the same situation different times, and what God will want you to do will be different. Because you, you, you might successfully obey God in a particular situation today. Tomorrow, you might be faced with the same situation or similar situation, and you think you are supposed to do the same thing. But it might not be what God wants you to do. So, you have to know that you, you follow God a step at a time. So, what he wants to achieve with us in us is utter dependence on him every time. Even when you know what to do. Because that thing you know to do which might be right might not be what he please. Remember the Bible says, made us understand that he does everything according to the counsel of his will. He can go this direction and tomorrow is this direction and that is that you must, that is the faith life, that is faith work and man doesn't like that kind of work. We like to get to a point, pitch our tent, build a city around there and and we are okay. Now, finally, uh, 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 Philippians 2 from verse 12 13. You see, Paul talked about this salvation we have received, which is the revelation of Christ. He said, Walk it out with fear and trembling. I mean, be very careful because you can miss the will of God. And he made it clear, he said, For it is God that is at work in us, making us willing. And able to do of his good pleasure. So, anything apart from this, a man can never be free from Babylon. Praise God. Yes, thank you. Yeah, praise God. Uh, while he was talking, I just saw that uh, he's the one driving us back to our thoughts. He's bringing us back to the thoughts, uh, which I still trust the Lord that by next week we still continue on this again, because um, there's something I am seeing as regards this particular thought that we are brooding over. And um, I'm trusting the spirit uh, where we begin to understand what God it's actually placing on us as demands for what he wants to bear through us. Now, the way read in Ephesians 5, verse 17, let's talk about uh, understanding what the will of God is. Now, a lot of times, 
I think, understand what God wants. So I, I run with what I think, what God wants. And a lot, a lot of times, when God sees that, God concerns me to be unwise. Unwise because I'm supposed to, first and foremost, understand, know what that will actually God and how to go about and carry out that will. Now, in carrying out that will by myself, I, don't, I cannot carry out this will by myself. So one of the understanding that you understand what God's will is, right, is, is to know that by myself, I can't do it. Because the walking is not by me. The workings is by him. Right? So if I understand what his will is, I will not lean on him to bring about that which he wants to rot or walk in me. I said, that is something that I understand what God's will is. So, but a lot of times we assume that we understand what the will of God is and we run. Then, even when at a point of junction, God is saying, God is using people to tell you that this thing, the way I'm seeing it, it's not of God who will say, What? What God told me. Do you understand what God said? But that which God said, it's actually not being run, being led by the Spirit. Because one of the ways you understand that, you, you understand God's will is that it is the Spirit that is leading you through the understanding that you have received from His will. So if the Spirit is not leading me through the understanding, how you know a man understands God's will is that his life is being led that means, like I said, I'm waiting for God every step of the way. Every step. What next? What should you do now? That, that, that was all Moses doing in leading the children to the promised land. What's the next point now? Do we go? Do we not go? Do we stay here? Do we not stay here? At every point, just to see that at the end of the day, they arrive at God's perfect will. One of the prayers I've been praying in this evening myself is this. Which pastor clever caught while he was talking? At times, you know, when you have a pole in your eyes, <laughs> doesn't like light. That's that what Jesus said to the, those Jews, right? He said, uh, say when men love darkness rather than light, because they don't want their deeds to be revealed, right? Because what light does is to do what? Is to reveal our deeds. So a lot of times, we, there's where we hide. We hide in a place that makes us feel justifiable by where we are hiding. Whereby when God is shining lights or truths, because we have been able to hide ourselves in a justifiable place, right? That that is coming does not reveal what is in us? Do you get that? So when the prayer I'm praying, that each time your word comes, what I need is this, is the eyes of my understanding being enlightened. Because if my eyes is not open, I can't understand what the will of God. If you don't open my eyes to see what God is saying, like the scripture says, I will stand upon my watch. Do you see or hear? 
When God speaks, you're supposed to do what? You're supposed to hear, right? But he says, see. So that means what important is that when God is speaking, it is the seeing. What are you seeing? What are you seeing? What are you picturing? What, what, what's, your, what's your imagination? What's your thoughts? What are, you, what are you seeing when God is speaking? I am trusting the Lord that the Lord will help us. Okay, praise the Lord. Thank you, everyone. Um, just my little contribution. Um, okay, I want to thank everybody has said so powerful things. Um, um, I have found out, praise the Lord, that like Pastor Donald said, if we can hear, we all know these things. We are children of revelation, knowledge. We know all these things. And that doesn't mean we shouldn't be reminding ourselves every day of the things we know so that they will not slip out of our hands, so that we'll keep them constantly in our focus. But we know these things. The challenge is the application. Or like daddy would say, the doing. We don't really do it. We will live here with plenty things in our head. But how do we engage these things for them to become our life and a reality? Every pastor has a prayer life, has a study life, we suppose. But what I'm saying, the engagement, is it enough to supply grace and life? To because if you read Revelation, he said, the devil knows that his time is short and he has come down with great wrath. What the apostles faced is not what we are facing presently. And you will see their level of engagement. I read about the Chinese church. They can come to church and sit down for six hours in meditation. Six hours. Let's try it for ten minutes. You will start hearing voices. I try to do it in church. Let's just sit down, no instrument, shut down the instrument, because we are used to noise, to drive the life. We are used to it's a place for that. But you tell a soul, sit down, take a scripture and stay on it for five hours. He is not able to. Thoughts will drive his mind. Heater and teeter. And until you we are, we are still, we can't know God. It's the place of the application that we have the problem. And you see, it's not possible. It is humanly impossible. Even if you have all the facts and information, it's humanly impossible to live the Christian life. Except you are still trying. But if you have tried and tried and tried and you have failed, I used to make a statement. I say it's a good place to be. I always feel like a failure. I say it's a good place to be. <laughs> Except if you think because you don't have car, you don't have this, that's why you are feeling like a failure. But if you feel I can't meet the standard, it's a good place to be. God, I have tried. I've come to the end of myself. That's the time the Holy Spirit will come. Except that, it will watch you struggling. 
you will he will watch you, he won't do anything. Because when a man is drowning, the thing they tell him, stop struggling. That is impossible. Sharks are coming after you. And the, and the lifeguard is telling him, don't struggle. Because if you struggle, you will drown him and yourself. We are still struggling. We've not learned surrender. And surrender is only possible when you spend long time in his presence. We can't escape it, sir. We can't escape it. The flesh, when you read the Bible, it talks about the horse and the rider. The flesh is horsepower. If you don't believe it, oh, it's when you are pressing into God, you are pressing, and then you meet the flesh. They say, You, you can't go beyond this. That's when you know, Carl, you will fast and pray and pray, and you find a law that you can't overcome. That's when you say, I surrender. Help me. When you get there, we will see the help of the Spirit. Except we get there, we'll keep struggling. We'll be hearing the same things every year, every year, every year. The same thing. We'll be going around. Check your life. What is the progress? A Chinese Christian is just one scripture. One scripture. Some of them just memorize a chapter of the Bible. That's all. They have authority. Check the book of Acts. Check your Christianity. You'll find, I'm sorry, okay, let me talk about it. You'll find that it's just words and words and words and words and words. Words are great, but the kingdom of God is not in words. When they say power, it's not to raise the dead. It's the power to leave the words. It takes power. It's humanly impossible. If you still think you can live the Christian life, you've not started. Nakai, I can pray. You've not started. You will find that you'll be defeated. I, I'm closing with this, please. You see, there's a scripture in um, uh, um, Daniel chapter 7. It talks about four beasts. First beast, second beast, third beast, then the fourth beast. He said the fourth beast is diver from the other ones. He says he's dreadful. That he is wearying the saints. That he was why because that beast he said he has horns and eyes. The other ones just have horns. So what we are dealing with, we are actually in the season of the fourth beast, and that's why Czech Christians, a lot of Christians are living defeated lives. That's the truth, defeated life. You know what to do, but you can't do it. You know this, but you can't live it. The horse and the rider, every flesh that is a rider riding it is either God or an evil spirit. Amen. I wanted to say something. It's, amen. It is critical. Our relationship with Jesus is critical. How do we, if you read, um, because of time, I'm closing. If you read um, that I, Jeremiah 51. You will see the prophecy, Isaiah 50, Isaiah 51, uh, Jeremiah 50, Jeremiah 51. You see the prophecy against Babylon. Everything we are doing, everything happening on the earth is prophecy. If you read Ezekiel and Jeremiah, everything has been prophesied. Everything. 
war, everything, the destruction of Babylon, everything. But as a scripture I wanted to read, it said, keep, please, can I read it, please? Very important, please. Can we just see it? And I close with that. Jeremiah 51. Okay, Jeremiah 51, verse 12. Set up the standard upon the walls of Babylon. Make the watch strong. Set up the watchmen. Prepare the ambushes for the Lord dot, for the Lord dot devise. And what's that? For the Lord had, had both devised and done that which he spake against the inhabitants of Babylon. One of the ways... To have a relationship with the Holy Spirit is to keep watches. Jesus in Luke chapter 12 talked about two watches. He talked about the second watch and the third watch. The second watch is whether you like it or not. Check the book of Acts. Every time God answers prayer anytime, please. It's not to have our prayers answered. But to gain mastery. To put down this flesh. To buffet the flesh. And one of the things, the energies of the flesh is sleep. You know, they've lied to us that you need eight hours of sleep. That's for the human life. It's for the human life. David will say, I have kept the night watches meditating in your law. Without the night watches. You see, I'm sorry. You will find out the occult. They don't sleep at night. It's Christians that are snoring. By the time you wake up, they have charged Babylon. Charged it. You come and you come under the authority of the thing because it's your body. You, will, you won't be able to do anything. You will know all the scriptures but you are weak. Watch this. Second watch starts from 9pm to 12am. Third watch starts from 12am to 3am. Jesus is saying there that if you can master that you will have mastery. The Lord said told us one time. He said, when you keep watches, you build a watchtower. And you need to have a watchtower to be above Babylon. Because I say, rents your praise from. I'm closing with this. How many of you after a very good time with the Lord, and your soul has been pleasured by God? When you come out, there is nothing that affects you. The car passes. Because you are, you are, being, you are, you are satisfied somewhere. It's like a woman. If you are not satisfying her, she'll be looking outside. That is how the soul is. If you stay long enough in God's presence, you have that's a certain amount of time for the soul to be pleasured. Once she's pleasured, every other husband that calls her, she will not be moved. That's the challenge. Sir. I'm closing with this. That's the challenge. You just go chapa, 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 tapa, chop in here. You come out. Your soul has not been pleasured. If you come out, Babylon will call you and you will fall. Because the soul lives by pleasure. In the presence of God. It's fullness of joy. At his right hand. Our pleasures forevermore. You will come out from that pleasure. There is no temptation. Because a woman that is satisfied by her husband. When you see a woman checking somewhere, the, the, the marital bed, there is problem there. Yes. Yes. 
That is a problem there. Let's go back to the closest. That's where we will defeat Babylon. Let God pleasure us. So much that when you come out, the pleasure of God's presence is so strong. So strong. The pleasure of sin will be nothing. Except that happens. Sin. Ooh, we always fall. Can I say one last thing, please? The soul is a woman. And a woman, you can woo her. Once a wife is satisfied. So you have to learn it. And one way is to stay long for God to come and caress the soul. That's when the soul will even hear. That's when the soul will be able to meditate. If not so, if it stays 10 minutes, something will call her attention. And they like attention. They will follow it. Thank you. Can we stand to our feet? Hallelujah. Okay, let's begin to thank the Lord. Hallelujah. Can we begin to thank the Lord? Let's go ahead and thank him. Let's go ahead and thank the Lord. Let's thank him for showing us the way we should go, teaching us the path that we ought to follow. I want us to thank him. I want us to thank him. Let's thank him. Heavenly Father, we just want to bless your name. We want to give you glory, worship, and honor. We want to thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your light. Thank you for your truth. Thank you for teaching us in the way we should go. Oh, we honor you, Masapa. Jesus. We honor you. Oh, we honor you, Jesus. Mani Mahavanes, Enumbososo, Agineba Laka, Sotumehe, Capane, Gedehesa, Shakotigadea, Capane, the Seti Maha, Patane, Gavate, Shakabahate. Father, we give you praise. We give you all the glory. Mande de Kuben, the Sabalakote, Shikabarani, Gebehisa. Ilambara kopani gedehesa. Osuma nabadia kaparani gedegadiba sosubuho patia kapani gedehesha. Father, we give you glory. Thank you for your light. Oh, thank you, Father. Manzende kubende deserta. Thank you, Lord. You know, lastly, I would like us to pray, you know, um, in connection with what Pastor Donald is saying. Um, you know, Paul began to, you know, talk about the scripture we quote earlier on, is that the only way 
the soul cannot be foolish is to find the will of God. Now, the will of God is not fine on the earth. The will of God is fine in the spirit. And in verse 16, he began to talk about redeeming the time. Because the day that we are in is an evil day. If you check Ephesians 6, he began to talk about that. He said, you cannot stand evil day except you are putting on something. You have to put on the armor of God. Meaning that a soul that is not clothed cannot stand the evil day. Will be a victim of the evil day. And what Pastor is saying is that this thing is not something we do part time. This must be something we do with all of our lives. That is why the word in the New Testament is not just a word that you hear. It's a baptism. Meaning there has to be a consecration, a dedicator of a life until the light takes us over. So there has to be a process for we to come into that. And that process, most times, you see, because of the kind of, all kind of distraction that is in the world, eh? all kind of distraction that is in the world, is denying us those processes. And we are not even seeing that we need those processes. Hallelujah. We are not even seeing because it's Babylon that is making us not to see it. So there are other lovers that our soul have. That's why we know that this thing is like this. Someone can be in the presence of God. You are on Facebook. You are already gone. The same time you spend on Facebook, you can't spend it in prayers. Meaning that you can stay for two hours, consistently two hours, you're on Facebook. But your soul cannot come into the same pleasure when he has to do with in the place of prayers. And that's why one of the things that light does is to judge ourselves. That's why you judge yourself. In that what Pastor Clever said, the truth is what he brings us to that place of reality. You know yourself. You know the kind of thought that goes through your heart. You know where your pleasure lies. Sometimes we can be saying this, but the heart is not fully connected to it. Because the process that will enable the heart to come in. Prayer is not, you know, uh, if you check these guys, uh, these men of, uh, that, these men of faith, prayer is not something we do temporarily. Prayer is supposed to be a pleasure of the soul. Now, when it has not become a pleasure, that's why we need to fight. The word of God is not something we do temporarily. It's supposed to be something, that is why, like those men, those men of faith and those men that work with God, you know, what is the thing, like we are talking about in church yesterday, I was saying to them, I say, when a man of God tells you that I know what God told me, he told you yesterday, that person, that, you don't follow that kind of person. Because I don't know the way, it's the Holy Ghost that knows the way. So what he told me now, I'm not even sure of what he told me now. Because what he told me now, based on where I am, I've not, I've not fully comprehended it. Since when I journey more, I can be able to see better. You know, so you can't brag on what God told you yesterday. That what, that's what I know what God told me. I understand what God told me. But we understand one thing in the scripture. God, God has never said any two things. What God is saying is the same thing. It's to raise a man after the image and the likeness of God. So everything you are doing that is not any towards that purpose, either ministerial, either whatever thing that you are doing that is not making you achieve that purpose, is a lie you've received. It's not God that told you anything. You are, you are actually in deception. So I want us to pray. I want us to pray that God will help us. God will help us is individually but collectively. I know, I know, my, I know things that I'm supposed to overcome. 
I know things that, you know, I'm supposed to put aside, you know, to labor and to make ensure that this input that I put, I put them aside. That's why Paul said that we need to die daily. This is the journey of death. Is the journey of death. I want us to pray. I want us to pray that the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost will help on the place of wisdom. It will show us. He said, that will teach me the path of life. That will show me the path of life. Again in Mahasa. Father, help us to judge ourselves. Help us to judge our love level. Our, where our passion lies. What we give ourselves to on daily basis. Where our pleasure lies. Help us to judge ourselves. That we may not fall under deception. Help us to judge ourselves. There is a way to judge ourselves as men of God, as the children of God. Where is my pleasure? What is, what is the vibration of my heart? Is it Babylon or the Lord? Holy Spirit, help us. We pray for help today. And the in the debaroto kopanege lege beheso. Shakote gidibarata gabahata. Father, help us. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. We pray for help. We pray for wisdom. Wisdom to interact, to navigate the path of life. Lord, wisdom to silent our soul, to bring our soul in the place of life. Lord, help us. Help us. Help us. We pray for help. We ask for help in the name of Jesus. We pray for help. We ask for help in the name of Jesus. Lord, we ask for help in the name of Jesus. We pray for help in the name of Jesus Christ. And the Father, we pray for help. We pray for strength. Paul began to pray for efficient church that you may be strengthened with might on the inner mind that the Christ may dwell in our heart. That Christ may do in our heart. Father, oh God, we are strengthened with might. We pray for spirit of might in the name of Jesus. Oh, thank you, blessed Father. And the Kupeniga Bahasa. Father, we submit ourselves to the dealing of the Spirit. We submit ourselves to the processes of the Word which you've spoken to us today. In the name of Jesus, the Bible says, It's not the hearer that is blessed, but the doer, oh God. You will help us to commit our lives, to dedicate ourselves in living this life, in manifesting this life, in judging flesh on daily basis in our lives. Oh, Father. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We give you all the glory. We give you all the praise in the name of Jesus Christ. 
Can we thank him today once again? Father, we just want to thank you for how you led us today. Glory to your name. Honor to your name. Oh, we give you praise. I am an author. We give you glory. In the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Okay, if you have your offering, let's... Um, um, there's no communion today. I don't know actually why. So if you have offering, you can give our offering. And um, this Wednesday is a praying kingdom women. Um, this Wednesday is a praying kingdom women. And just so, it's not only for women, also men are equally invited. The meeting is starting by 10. Hallelujah. Can we see? Okay. Um, I'm praying that the healing conference um, is starting on, I mean, it's on Wednesday, just a day program, just 10 to 1 or 2 thereabout. Praise God. So if you have a chance, just try to attend or you can send your wife or any sister, you know, or you also, you are permitted to come for the meeting. Praise God. Can we share the grace, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the sweet fellowship of the Spirit rest and abide with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercies is following us all the days of our lives as we are the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Shalom. Which birthday? Which birthday?